In episode 33, I bring in Matt Conger. He accomplished every sports fanatic's dream, but his way was as unique as they come. He visited 31 NHL stadiums in 31 days. Matt is in merchandise sales. He sells merch for bands and travels the globe with bands and artists like the Foo Fighters, Beyonce, Taylor Swift, Third Eye Blind, Gwen Stefani, Good Charlotte, just to name a few. So Matt picked the perfect time to make this all happen. Right before spring and summer when he's supposed to get back on the road and do his thing. He finished the task just before COVID. He gets into that. He also gets into the logistic aspect of it and of course how he affords to do it all. Here we go. Enjoy. 31 NHL stadiums in 31 days. I just can't get my head around it. Do you sit back and just ask yourself, like, did that really happen? Yeah, still hard to, like, I don't know if it ever hit because of the way we ended 10 days before, like, the pandemic hit. So it wasn't, I didn't really have time to, like, really be like, holy crap, we did it because you, you just jump into the next thing of the world shutting down. So I think more when I look back at the Instagram page and the videos and stuff, I get, I like smile and laugh to myself and think like, what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> so, you know, that's a funny thing is because the, this whole pandemic hit like in March sometime, March 11th or whatever, early March. And you ended this thing, what in February? Yeah. The 28th or 27th. Wow. It, was, it was right at the end of the month. Yeah. And you started it when? So we started at the All Star All Star Weekend in St. Louis. So that was like January, like January twenty sixth to February twenty seventh or twenty sixth. Yeah, I think twenty sixth to twenty sixth because January thirty one days. So yeah, so we started All Star Weekend. Hit it off from there. Man, that would have sucked if you started after the All Star Weekend and then COVID hits and you're like five stadiums away. Yeah, uh, that would have been really tough. All the time and energy and stuff wasted for for uh, something that we couldn't control. You know. Have you checked the Guinness World Records for something like this? Yeah, so there's actually a reporter from, I don't know if he's from The Athletic or where he's from, but he did it um, like three or four years ago. But he did it like as a reporter, like with teams doing a bunch of like that. So he did all 31. Or actually, did I, he did 30 and 30. He did it before Vegas. Hmm. So he did all 30 arenas in 30 days. And I don't know that anybody has done 31 and 31. Wow. So now it's Seattle. That's number 32. How long is that going to take you to uh, take that one off the uh, the list? I mean, I'd be ready to go 2022-23, but I don't know if financially and if I'll have the time to do it then. But I would love to, to do it again. And even I think one thing I always talked about was if I could ever get enough steam behind this thing to get more exposure to find some people that wanted to do it for baseball or basketball or all the other sports out there. That's a great idea. And then uh, the second to that is, I guess, too, is I guess when they'll allow us to even get back and do it. But talking about it financially, how did you pull this thing off? I was just saving money for the hopes that I could do it. I tried to do it in 2018-19, and I just didn't have the time or the money. And so as I started to plan, like in September, October to do it the 1920 season, I just started saving money and buying flights as I was putting the schedule together. And so like little by little, I bought flights. I traveled for work. So I had like hotel points. So that like covered a lot of our hotels. And I just kind of 
just slowly started putting money into the trip. Um, that way, once we got out there, I had minimal expenses. You mentioned you guys. So you you went with a buddy. His name was Tim Trad. And how did you guys meet? Were you guys like longtime buddies? We met about five years ago on the Vans Warped Tour. I was selling merchandise for some bands and Tim was playing in a band and we just met and became like buds through our love for hockey and sports and gambling and everything else. So just over the years, you know, we talk hockey and he lives in Columbus, so he's a big Blue Jackets fan. And so when I was planning this trip, I really wanted somebody to come along with me and help document and take pictures and videos and stuff. And Tim currently does a lot of that stuff, digital marketing and building internet platforms for companies and stuff like that. So it seems like a no brainer to, to have him tag along. And so did you like throw this out to like a group of people or was it directly towards Tim? Like you figured he'd be the great, he'd be the right guy to go along the ride with you. I kind of mentioned it to a bunch of people. Like people knew I was planning on doing it, but there wasn't a lot of people out there that have the freedom with their job to just take off for a month or a little bit over a month and, and do this. Like not only take off from their job, but leave their family or kids or wife or have the money financially, et cetera. So it wasn't like directly at Tim, but he was one of the first and only people to be like, I think I can make this happen. Let me know when you're a hundred percent sure. And so I did and it ended up working out. And you being in the industry of merchandise sales, you were with bands, right? You're helping them sell their merchandise at concerts, right? Or on the road all the time? Yeah. So I do everything basically on the back end of merchandise sales from like ordering and projections and shipping and hiring staff at the venue, all that good stuff. Um, and I started out working just for like small bands on Warp Tour. And now I've worked for Foo Fighters, Beyonce, Taylor Swift. Gwen Stefani, Third Eye Blind, Good Charlotte, all over the map. So Wow, Matt. Good um, for you, man. That's awesome. Good. Now, you're you're traveling with these bands, though, right? And these artists. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm on the road. Well, normally here, I'm on the road like from March to like October, November. And then the winter, I normally have off. That's what I was going to say, right? Because usually you're, you're traveling throughout the summer. So this was a perfect time for you guys to do it, knock it out, and then get back to traveling with the bands again in your profession. Correct. I got back to Nashville um, like March 1st and uh, I currently work for Chris Young a country artist and we had a show on March 9th so I literally had like a week to get my bearings back and then go and we did our show on March 9th and then the next day the world shut down. I want to get back to uh, your partner throughout this time Tim. He, I'm assuming you guys had, you were sharing hotel rooms as well? Yep. So all the dates we flew, we had a hotel room and then we, so we flew 17 cities and we drove 14. I have a sprinter van that's built out into an RV. And so when we drove that, we just, we slept in the van. One of us would drive, one of us would sleep or, you know, vice versa or the nights where we didn't have a long drive. There's, I have a bed and then we hang a hammock in there. And we would just crash there. Or if we had friends in the city, we'd crash there. Yeah, it was kind of spur of the moment, whether we'd get hotels, drive, whatever. Just whatever made sense at the time after the game. If we were both tired, you know, then we'd, we'd crash. If one of us wasn't, then we'd drive. The other one would sleep, you know, wake up five or six hours. Hey, you want to drive? I need to take a nap. So it was kind of just a grind. So you guys drove throughout. You didn't fly anywhere? 
No, we, yeah, we flew 17 and mm. drove for 14. Got it. And the Sprinter van was, was where? So start, my buddy in Nashville drove the van to Raleigh, North Carolina. And the first seven games, so the All-Star game, we flew to, and then we flew to, up to Vancouver and flew all of Canada. And then we, when we flew out of Canada, we flew to Raleigh to pick the van up where we were going to start driving. Got it. Like drive the, drive the East Coast. Okay. So you got like maybe, what, 10 stadiums out of the way or so, and then you drove the rest, something like that? So we did, we did Toulouse, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Montreal, Toronto, flew. And then this is where it gets kind of wild. Our flight out of Toronto to go pick up the van, we missed it. We, well, we didn't really miss it. The airport was just crazy. Tim's passport wouldn't scan, so it was like this huge ordeal. And we, they ended up not like getting us through security in time to get the flight. So we missed the game in Carolina and ended up flying to Detroit. And later on down the road, we made the we. Long story short, we made the Carolina game up, and we'll touch on that later. But drove, I think, about ten days after that, and then we flew to Midwest. We did like we flew Minnesota and Dallas and Colorado, like the ones that are really far drives from everywhere. We flew those and then we'd fly back to the van and then drive a couple more and fly back to another city and then fly back to the van. It was a lot of back and forth. Wow. So your base was the van. That was like your home. You're like going back and forth. Yeah. And it was like your yeah. home on wheels, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Now how did you plan this thing, man? If I had to plan something like this, I would need like a room full of traveling assistants to figure out this thing as to how I'm going to hit each stadium and logistically do yeah. this thing properly. How the hell did you plan it? Well, I mean, my background in touring was a big help because I'm used to being in a new city every single day. And you, you see how the routing works and the ins and outs of that. So that was like a big help to me. I knew how, how many miles I could drive between each game knowing you have basically 24 hours to get there. You know, if a game is at 7 p.m. one night and 7 p.m. the next night, you, you got 20 hours basically. So if it's a 12-hour drive, you still have time to sleep. So I just started looking at the schedule, and what I did was I just printed off each day's games and laid it out like a calendar and just had like five different color highlighters, and I said, all right, game one, Vancouver. And then I saw there was like Calgary the next day and then Edmonton. And then Winnipeg and then Toronto and Montreal. And they were like all get Canada in a row. So I was like, cool, that'll work. And then I saw like the Rangers and the Islanders had games back to back days. So I was like, all right, that's going to hit that those days. And then I saw Tampa and the Panthers had a game like a day apart. So I was like, okay, well, we can do Florida these two days. And then like LA, you know, and just kind of like grouped them together and then just kind of filled in the holes what made sense. And I had to start over a ton of times just because I'm like, I got down to the wire. I'm like, uh, oh, this doesn't make sense or this team doesn't play. And I haven't seen them yet. I have to like go back and start over. But I have like a good core of the games, probably 15 to 20 games like set in stone. And so the rest was just like, okay, what makes sense logistically flying wise? I was checking flights. Is it cheaper to fly? to Minnesota from Dallas or Colorado to figure out where I should go to the game before. Just stuff like that. But it, it was like a three-week-long process. Did you figure out how much all this cost you? No, I'm too scared to do that. 
<laughs> that is a great answer. How long did? <laughs> but <laughs> go ahead. I, I would. I. I mean, probably around fifteen thousand. Yeah, that's so maybe worth it. Maybe a little more. It is so worth it, man. Yeah. It's so. Yeah, worth it. I mean, and I think when it started out, we were spending a little more money than we probably should have because towards the end, when I was like dead broke and just like almost on the verge of not making it. You, you test yourself. You realize what you really don't need and what you need. You know, like, mm. we don't need to buy three or four beers at every game. We don't need to go out and get a ton of food at the restaurant across the street from the arena before the game. You know, when you start out, you're, just, you're like, oh, we're doing this. And you're just going out and you're living it. You're spending whatever. And then you get halfway through and you're like, oh, man, we've blown a ton of money. You know, I was going to say, do you, were you guys splitting bills throughout? So I basically covered the whole trip except for, like, yeah, his food and beer stuff like i didn't buy any any food or, or drink like that was separate but the, the yeah the whole trip was i covered because my whole thing was he's out there documenting recording getting all this and the idea was afterwards we had money left for him to sit down and spend a month or a couple of weeks and put together like a full documentary and so that was kind of like my payment to him is like, Hey, I'll take care of all this. If, if you come out here and work and make this happen. Mm-hmm. How long were you thinking about doing this? Was this like a kid when you were a little kid? Was this a dream of yours? No, I don't even know how it came up or how I thought of it. I don't even remember the, the day or how it all started. I just remember the, the first thing I remember is like looking at the schedule in 2018, 19 and being like, I wonder if this is possible. How can I make this happen? Cause I had already hit about, 20, I think I was at 24 or 25 arenas already that I had seen a game at. And I was like, well, if I'm going to do like these last six or seven, I kind of want to do it like as a full trip. And so I was just like, maybe I can hit all of them in one trip. Wow, dude, you've done a lot before then. I'm assuming because you're on the road all the time. So you hit up games when you were, when you were working. Yeah. So you have like a show in New York and we're there like the day before or the day off or something like I always check to see if there's anything going on. You know, we got a, I've been to like almost every football arena, every baseball stadium, every hockey. Like it just over the years of being on the road. I mean, some years I was on the road 280 days, 300 days, you know, and just over that time having days off, like you get lucky a couple times a month and you go catch a game. And over the years, it just adds up. Wow. I, uh, so as a kid, so I've been to about, I've been to probably over a thousand sporting events myself. And as a kid, what I would do is I would keep all the ticket stubs. And if something big happened that day, I'd write it in the back of the ticket stub and I'd write the final score in yep. the back. And so, and I'd write who I went with. And so they got rid of that. As you know, everything's mobile now, or you got to print it out on a computer. So I just, I just throw them away. I don't even keep them. Yeah. What did you do? Did you keep any souvenirs for all of the stadiums that you attended? So originally the plan was to go and get a game puck from every game. We had like made a little sign and we like went, we showed up to the game early and we like went down to warm up and like the players shoot the pucks over the glass to like people stand around. But I shortly realized that all these little kids are down there and that's what they want. And so for me to get a puck and keep it and not give it to this, seven-year-old kid who like could be his first hockey game ever either way like mm-hmm. that's just selfish i mean they don't i mean they wouldn't understand why i wanted it and i really couldn't justify it at that point so what we started doing was buying the stuffed animal mascot 
for each team. Okay. But what happened was like we'd have like a, we'd be flying four or five games and traveling with minimal luggage, so we're not checking bags and spending extra money on that. Like I just didn't have room in the carry on to put four or five stuffed animals. And then towards the end of the trip, when we were tight on our budget, I was like, well, I've already missed a handful, and so there's really no point in spending the set 30 bucks right now. So I got about 14 of them, and as we were going, we put them across the dash of the van. <laughs> so, like, we had a full stuffed animal collage across the, the, the front of the van, which is pretty cool. But my plan is to just purchase the rest of them uh, once the world gets back to normal. So I have all 31. That Carolina game you missed, you said earlier, how did you, um, how did you make it up one? And then was there any other games that were in jeopardy? The Carolina game, originally we, we were supposed to fly out of Toronto at like 5 a.m. the day after the game and land in Raleigh like around 10 a.m. for a 2 o'clock game. And after the Raleigh game, we had like a 12-hour drive to Detroit. And basically what happened was Tim's passport wouldn't read in the airport, so we ended up missing that flight, which the flight actually got delayed, and they still wouldn't let us through to get on the flight. It was a whole debacle. But they basically rerouted us. Or no, they didn't reroute us, actually. We ended up flying. I it's been so, It feels like it's so long ago, but it really happened. We flew to Raleigh. We landed late and after the game, and we ended up driving all the way to Detroit that night still. And we ended up having it. We had a day off scheduled between Tampa Bay and, and Miami, the Florida Panthers. And so we got lucky, and Carolina had a game that day off. So we basically drove, well, the game before Tampa was in Buffalo. So we drove Buffalo to Tampa Bay, which was wild. As that drive was nuts. Went to the game in Tampa Bay. Because of the weather? 12-hour drive. Weather in Buffalo was bad? Oh uh, Yeah. Yeah, it snowed. Hmm. Um, and it was just long. Like mm. we stopped in Nashville at my house for like we had we had actually we had a whole day to do it. So we stopped in Nashville for a little bit and then drove down. But we went to the game in Tampa Bay and then drove twelve hours to Raleigh for that game, which was supposed to be a day off, and then had to turn around and drive twelve hours down to Miami for the Panthers game. So we got really lucky that the, the hurricane had a had a game on our our day off, basically. And the reason we were able to have days off is because we did, so the fat, that Sunday before, we did Montreal and Toronto in the same day. So it was a noon game in Montreal. We went to the game, and then we had like a 3.30, 4 o'clock flight from Montreal to Toronto. We landed in Toronto at like 6 o'clock, and then went to the Toronto game at 7 p.m. that night. For you guys to not have a day off, you know, for something like that, is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Cuz you have no room for error basically, right? No. Yeah. There's no we had scheduled 3 days where we had double games. Mm. Um and we did that for the sole purpose of one we we probably need a day off here or there and two if something comes up where we're missing a game we're going to need to to be able to make it up and not just cancel the whole trip because we missed one game. How'd you do two? How'd you and do so, two or three in one day, though? How how how? What cities? So the first one we did was Montreal and Toronto. So like a noon game and a seven p.m. game. So oh. we went to the morning game. Is that like a Saturday? Then, Is that like a Saturday? Like a Saturday day game? Saturday night yeah. game? Okay. Yep. Yep. And then the next one we did, we did Pittsburgh and New Jersey. And the New Jersey game, 
that one was kind of hairy because because that was the same deal though a noon game and a 7 p.m. game and we got to New Jersey late because our flight out of Pittsburgh was delayed and so we had so let me backtrack the day after New Jer- the day after this doubleheader we're supposed to be in Phoenix for an afternoon game because it was Memorial Day so it's like a two o'clock start in Phoenix and we're on the East Coast so the only way to hit the Phoenix in time for a 2 a.m. game with with time change is to fly out at like New Jersey at 10 p.m. So we basically flew to Pittsburgh from Miami the morning of the game, went to the game in Pittsburgh, flew to New Jersey, went to the game, and then flew to Arizona all in the same day. Jeez. And because our game in Pittsburgh got delayed, we got in New Jersey late after puck drop. And the place where we were supposed to check our bags, like at the airport to go to the game and then come back, they were closed. I don't remember what, what actually the reason, what came up, but we had nowhere to put our bags basically while we went to the double game. So Tim sat at the airport while I went to the game. So I went and called the New Jer- some of the New Jersey game and then came back to the airport, met up with him, and then we got on our like 10 o'clock flight to Arizona. So, okay, so you didn't get there in time, right? And then did you leave a little early to catch that flight? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the idea was we left Pittsburgh halfway through the third to catch our flight for the Devils. And the, and then we were going to leave our leave with like 10 minutes left in the third of the Devils game to catch our flight to Arizona just so we didn't miss flights basically. But we ended up missing like the first period of the Devils game because our flight out of Pittsburgh got delayed. So I was only able to catch, you know, the middle part of that Devils game. But I got to see three goals, so that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It, it just happened that we were there. I was there for those three goals. But yeah, it was it was pretty unfortunate because that was like Tim now it has thirty and thirty one because mm-hmm. of that delayed flight. Oh, you know, dude, that would kill me. Get, yeah, <laughs> <That> would <laughs> kill like, me. And that was like um, with like let's see how many we have left after that. I think like seven or eight after that. Mm-hmm. So we were like pretty far in you know wow so besides that game did you catch every other national anthem yes yep that was the only one and i like i made like a point that was like one of the big things that was important to me too is because i like all the different variations every team has in dallas they all chant like stars Mm -hmm. and winnipeg they chant like true north during the national anthem and like chicago you know the whole place is going nuts during the national Mm -hmm. anthem like every in vegas they they stream nights and, you know, like everybody has a word that they yell at some point during the national anthem. And so that was like one of the big things I wanted to do too, was like witness that in every building. What was the best game you attended? So we got lucky and I don't know if you remember this or how familiar you are with the battle of Alberta, but right before the all-star break, um, Zach Cassian for the Oilers and Matthew Kachuk for Calgary had like a huge, not, it wasn't even a fight, but it was like, there was a lot of drama going on between Calgary and Edmonton and our game in Calgary was the first game that those two teams had played each other since all that. So it was like the battle of Alberta game and it lived up to all of its expectations, several fights. I think there was seven or eight goals in the game. Mm. Uh, and the whole, the whole building was going nuts. Like we couldn't, we didn't even get tickets until about 15 minutes before the anthem was sung. Like we just couldn't find tickets anywhere. And we had, access passes like all day we were in the arena we went to the morning skate we got like a tour of of rogers like we, we did like the whole thing all day with like 
Oilers media and like they couldn't find tickets for us anywhere. Nobody could buy tickets because the game was just like such a high profile game. And we just, somebody came through 30 minutes before game. We just got a text and was like, Hey, go to Will Call. There's two tickets for you. Oof. And we we're like, Holy cow. Yeah. So we had a couple of scares like that, but that was like the big one because that was the game we were looking forward to the most. Yeah, so for tickets then going to stadium to stadium, did you, you didn't, did you lock up a lot of the games prior or was it kind of playing it by ear? Yeah, so one of the sponsors for the trip um, we had was Violent Gentlemen Hockey Club, and they're a clothing company out of Costa Mesa, California. And they're Hammer and Brian, who own the company, are big Ducks fans. And basically, they put out a shirt and a sweatshirt for us and gave us basically the, the profits from that through their website. And they had some contacts throughout the league. They like reached out to and and... The first game that we were at was Vancouver, and they knew a couple of the, the, the training staff there. So we got like the whole hookup there, and we kind of just used that, making a video like from the locker room tour and like seeing just like all the behind scenes stuff that goes into like a, a day to day thing for these guys. And we just sent it out to all the teams and was like, hey, this is what we're doing. Here's what other teams are doing to help us. And I like sent it to Calgary that morning and or that night, like after we got back and they hit me up in the morning and were like, yeah, we want to have you guys on. They like put us on a jumbotron for like between the period intermission interview and we had to do like morning skate and everything. And like, so we just kept building on that and making videos and sending them to other teams and saying like, Hey, do you guys want to jump on board with this? And pretty much everybody that we got a hold of was like, hundred percent on board. There's a few teams that were like kind of skeptical and we just, we worked things out and it worked out. And then there were some teams that we just didn't get a hold of at all. Like Montreal, Toronto, like some of the big markets. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they just have so much request that I was kind of got swept on the rug, but for the most part, everybody was like super supportive and tickets were easy to come by. What was your favorite stadium? I mean, the little Caesars arena and Detroit is brand new. So the whole arena is, amazing and we got hooked up with the eliches so we got to watch the game from the owner's suite um which was amazing wow. uh yeah it's like center ice like right at club level and they they took super good care of us um but that arena is brand new rogers place in edmonton brand new so both of those were just really really nice arenas um as far as atmosphere goes calgary was really cool because it i mean it reminds me of like what i think of as like an 80s hockey barn like mm-hmm. when i look at like games that my parents and my grandparents went to going to the south of calgary it's like an older building the fans are all awesome it's loud like that reminded me of like kind of like old-time hockey where i picture old-time hockey like the arena being like um so that was cool Tampa Bay was awesome because the weather's nice there. They have so much outdoor like festivities and games and stuff going on before before puck drop. Like you just walk around the arena and they have beer gardens and like all twenty thousand people are outside hanging out and which is a really good atmosphere prior to the games. And they had just done a bunch of renovations inside Amway Arena, which are really cool as well. So I mean, I think a lot of when people say what was your favorite arena, it's all Every arena has like different perks, you know, and why it's better than than the others, mm-hmm. um, or or like the situation of the game and the time of day or the weather. Like, 
so much, there's so many variables that go into like what changes your opinion on what the best arena is. What about the energy in in, um, in stadiums like Toronto and MSG? Toronto is was kind of we actually saw a really boring game. It was zero mm-hmm. zero until like five. Actually, I think it was zero zero all, all the way to overtime, and at least one in overtime. I think yeah, one nothing. But yeah, it's not. I mean, you go to Montreal and like they cheer for a breakout and, and every hit and everything like it's so loud. Toronto is pretty, pretty chill. I mean, it's pretty laid back. MSG was hit or miss. It got rowdy at some times and then other times it's just dead quiet. Boston was the same way. We were, we got, we had an awesome experience in Boston. We got put in uh, like an alumni lounge thing. There was a lot of fun, but it was kind of quiet. It's, I think, but a lot of it is just the, it's the game, like, what's the tempo of the game? Who are they playing? Like, is it a Tuesday yeah, night or sure. Friday night? You yeah, know, like, there's yeah. so much situational stuff. Yeah. Like, if it's a 5-5 five to five game, it's going to be crazy. If it's 0-0 zero, zero on a Tuesday night, you know, and it's snowing out, like, yeah. it's just, there's so much situational that, like, it's hard to, like, really say, like, yeah, the stadium's not loud. Because so, it could be two nights later, you know? Yeah, for sure. It's so funny, man. Back in the day when um, I just got, well, Staples Center opened in L.A., and I got season tickets to the Kings, and it was that year or the next year, and my buddies were all into basketball, and one of them, I had two tickets, and I said, let's go to the Kings game. He's like, Kings, hockey? Uh, I'm like, listen, man, I promise you, it's a sport that you'll love live. It's completely different on TV than it is live. They played the Rangers that night. It was a Thursday night. It was a 5-5 game. Ended in OT. Didn't have, uh, you, you didn't have shootouts back in the day, obviously. So it was, dude. It was yeah. so good. There was so much action, and he his eyes and mouth was open the whole night until he got home the next day. He talked about it for weeks, right? So you're you're so right, man. It's it's got to be the right situation. Yeah, but no, I mean, I think overall, the only SAP Center in San Jose is really old and. The mezzanine area that you walk around to get your seats is all on the same level for the upper level and lower level, so it's just slam packed, and it's just—I mean, it's not a great place to watch a hockey game. Like, <laughs> I kind of feel bad for the fans up there. Like, they need a new arena. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, our game in in Long Island was at Barclays Center and not at Nassau Coliseum. And not—I mean, Barclays Center is super, super nice. Like, don't get me wrong, the arena is great, but it's not—it wasn't built for hockey. And so they have trouble drawing a crowd to, to fill the arena there because it's just, you can't see it from half, half the seats on the upper level. And so, I mean, but the seats we had were great and the game was great, but from everybody that we talked to, they don't enjoy watching games at, at Barclays just because it was built for basketball. Yep. So your least favorite stadium, would you say uh, San Jose? Yeah. I mean, San Jose or Barclays is, is nice, but I would never go there to watch a hockey game mm. ever again. I mean, so, yeah, I would say either one of those off the top of my head that I can, yeah. I mean, Ottawa, the arena's fine, but it's so far from downtown. It's like a 35-minute cab ride from downtown, and it's just out in the middle of nowhere. So, I mean, as far as, like, location and stuff like that goes, like, that's kind of on my, at the bottom of my list as well. What about the experience of just meeting people? Like, did, were you guys ever able to go out with the players after the game or meet them in a locker room or anything like that? No, we didn't. I, we didn't, I didn't really push too much. For anything like that, yeah. just because I was—I mean, for one, we didn't always have the time. It's true, yeah. And I mean, we we got like you know the, the quick like, hey, what's up with like a bunch of players when we were doing like um, the locker room tours and like doing like behind the scenes stuff like during morning skates and stuff like that little interaction, but like not really like, 
hangout type of thing. But I, I mean, working in the music industry, I like kind of get and understand like people just don't like to be bothered. Mm -hmm. They're not like, you know, I under, like if it's after a game and they're doing like interviews and stuff like that's their con they're like obligated to do that stuff. You know, like I don't want to bother them outside of those times because I, I get it. So I didn't really push for that too much when we were in LA though, we did post game interview with O'Neill and Jared Stoll. And that was really cool. Got to hang out with Stoley for a little bit and chat him up. And then, uh, George Peros, we saw him a bunch throughout the, a couple times throughout the trip. So we chatted with him. We had a couple of the same flights with him. Um, he's the director of player safety. So, um, it was cool to pick his brain a little bit, but yeah, so it wasn't super like meet and greet friendly, but, um, we definitely created like kind of like a, I don't know if you call it a friendship, but like a face, we knew each other's faces, you know, when we, when we would see each other around. You know, I've got a lot of really good friends and, uh, most of them are in the sports, but, if I'd say, if I had to pick one to go and see 31 stadiums in 31 days, I don't know if I'd be able to last, man. I'd probably throw them off a cliff. I don't know how you did it, but at like, when is it where you're like, God, I want to kill this guy? I mean, I, I think like the thing with that is like when you're friends with somebody, you, you don't live with them. Like you're not around somebody enough to like realize that they do certain things that like annoy you or like it's like your pet peeve or whatever. So there's things you find out about each other or like you get sick of talking to the same person <laughs> over and over again, every single day for 30 days. And I think you just learn to like, okay, like I need my own time and space. I'm going to go do this or go do that. Or like I'm driving, like I just kind of put my headphones in with my own music and do my own thing. Or if something comes up that like over and over again, and you're just whatever, like you just, you know that there's an end goal and you just put your head down and you get through it. And at the end of the day, like you don't necessarily hate that person. You're not going to get along with anybody in the entire world every single day of your entire life about every little situation. So it's just one of those things where it's like there, there were certain things that like Tim did where I would just like, you know, I'm like, all right, that's just, that's just the way he's going to go about doing that or whatever. And then I'm sure there's things I did that he was the same way. And it's just, you just have to have like the mutual mindset of like, we're on this for 31 days and after the 31 days, you don't have to worry about any of it anymore. Yeah. So I think like there was definitely times where we both wanted to throw each other off the building. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but knowing, knowing that hey, we're going to a hockey game tonight, we're going to get yeah. beers tonight. We're, we're in New York city or we're in Los Angeles or Anaheim or wherever we're not at home. Like we're out here doing this thing. Like there's so many like more positives to take from it than just whatever little thing like got you upset, you know? So I think it just takes a mindset of like, Hey, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of highs and there might be a few lows and you just got to deal with it. As yeah. Great outlook. Uh, now that you've seen them all, not, not including Seattle, of course, you'll, you'll do that. I'm sure very soon was, is it kind of a weird feeling now? It's like, I'm done with it. I, I don't really have anything to look forward to uh, in terms of the new stadium department. I, I, I mean, kind of, but, also, because of the way it ended, the world shut down and we weren't able to like do a lot of things that we had planned on doing like afterwards. Like I was going to fly back up to Columbus and shoot one-on-one -on -one interview stuff with Tim for the documentary. And we were going to have like a bunch of companies we we're going to reach out to, see if they wanted to become a partner or a sponsor and like doing our documentary. And by the time we got back and like took a week or two to wind down, 
I couldn't fly to Columbus because there, you know, airlines, all the COVID stuff happened. And, and then, you know, companies are like, well, we don't want to like put our feet in this new project because we don't know what's happening. Everything's going on. And then I basically got, I didn't lose my job, but like all of our shows for the year got canceled. So like, my budget kind of went away for traveling around and doing that. And Tim was looking for a new job. So he, you know, it just kind of like trickled down because of COVID. And I don't know that we ever, like, I ever got like a finish. Like, I don't, I don't know that I ever felt like we did this. Like, I know we did it and I have like a scrapbook of everything. I look back and I'm like, we did this, but I don't know that like it ever fully hit me. Like, holy crap. Like we completed this. This is awesome. Because there was more that we wanted to do that we weren't able to do. I mean, what What do you mean by that? Just like the documentary. And like, Mm -hmm. we wanted to like keep pushing like the media aspect of it. And so I think like not having like the film that we wanted to get done, done. I don't know that I ever like was like, we completed it. I mean, definitely on the day when we were in Anaheim and like we made it and we watched the whole game, I'm like ecstatic. And I was like, we did it. We did it. Mm -hmm. But now I don't, Maybe it just doesn't, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I just don't, it's hard to explain. I know I did it and I went through the grind and it was awesome and horrible all at the same time, just driving and flying every single day. But yeah, I don't know that it ever like hit me to where I'm like, I don't care to go to any more stadiums. Like, mm-hmm. I think I would still go do it again in two years when Seattle came out. I would do 32 and 32. I don't feel like I don't need to do it. I did it. You know, I like, mm-hmm. I think I'm still excited. About, I think I'm just still excited about it. So I'm not like satisfied, I should say. You know, I think part of the uh, the fact that it hasn't hit you yet too is because when you got back, it was like a, a shock to you too. Like, how? Where's my revenue going to come from? How am I going to live? I don't have a job. So I think I think some yeah, of that I, was that too, right? Yeah, I mean, part of the reason like I did the trip was because I had, had signed this contract for the year. I knew how much money I was making. I'm like, cool. I can you know put some of it to my credit cards, and I have yeah. full year. I'm like, we'll just I'll pay it off. I'll blah, and then you get home and you're like, oh no, now I'm not making money. Now I'm this, that, that. And it's, it was bad timing, but at the end of the day, it was great timing because I finished it a week before <laughs> I wasn't, wouldn't have been able to finish it. So, right. I mean, part of me is like, man, I wish I would have, season would have ended mid-February and I would have saved all this money. But then part of me is like, well, I would have done half the trip and not completed it. I think that would have pissed me off more. Yeah, exactly. Or like your buddy Tim, dude, he missed one stadium. Are you kidding me? You know how pissed off I'd be? Yeah. yeah and anaheim was the 31st stadium that was the last correct okay yep so the documentary itself like do you you guys have this documented have you hit up anybody to produce it yeah i mean we've reached out to some people that i know that tim knows and i think it just kind of like fell on deaf ears or what have you and and then you know like i said everything kind of shut down with covid and everything and i think we just kind of like gave up on trying to make something happen with it which is a bummer it is i mean it is what it is but i don't think it's something that we'd be opposed to like pursuing down the road i mean we have all the footage and stuff and maybe it would be cool to do a year from when we finish it to look back and like have more insight more you know opinions and stuff like that after like a year of not watching sports at all you know or maybe even once you're able to watch again go to a couple games and reflect on the trip i'm not really sure we i mean it just kind of went got swept under the rug and i haven't really honestly i haven't really really talked to anybody about the trip since maybe a couple weeks after it was over i think just like the excitement and everything just kind of blew over 
Man, I think there's a really good chance somebody picks this up. It's uh, you're, you're kind of being humble about this whole thing. And if you are outside looking in like I am and everybody else is, this is like an incredible feat, man. It's look, 31 stadiums, you know, going to all 31 NHL stadiums. Okay, yeah, anybody can do that. But doing it in 31 days is like one of the most difficult things I can think of. I told you pre-show, I interviewed uh, Brady Silverwood. He ran across the entire United States of America, right? Started in New Jersey, ended up in San Diego. It took him 235 days. Like that's an incredible feat too, but I, I, can't, I still cannot get my head around the fact that you did this in 31 days and you hit 31 stadiums. It just, it's incredible. And do not give up on this documentary. This is something that somebody would definitely pick up. I'd even go and talk to uh, the NHL ranks, somebody in, in the NHL films, especially with no fans being in the stadium for who knows how long. I mean, this is, this is a really, really special story. Yeah, we actually, I got, ended up getting some pretty good contacts pretty high up in the NHL, like, the assistant to the director of social media and all this other stuff. And they kind of, they just kind of like, eh, we'll help out with tickets and stuff, but don't really have any interest in anything else, which is kind of unfortunate. But I mean, like you said, that might, that may change now that there's not much going on, like as far as like people being able to attend games and stuff. So it might be something we need to revisit for sure. Yeah. Now that, you know, times have changed. Yeah, do not um, give up on this, yeah. man. You guys put a lot of lot of time, effort into this thing. Do not give up on it. Somebody's going to pick this thing up, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, somebody's going to pick this thing up. What about when you were traveling around the stadiums where people kind of, I know your social media kind of blew up there pretty quickly. People were, uh, there was some momentum there. Did people kind of figure out who you were, where you were, what stadium you are going to be at next, and, and did they kind of hook you up with you know, some, some alcohol or some food and stuff like that? Yeah, so people like would reach out to us on our um, our Instagram page, which is 31 and 31 underscore. And just say, hey, like, we're going we're gonna to be at the game tomorrow night in Philly too. Like, we'll love to buy you a beer during intermission or whatever, you know. And so we'd meet up with fans, like, either before the game or at intermission or whatever. And, yeah, people were happy to buy us beers. And once they caught on that we were doing the whole stuffed animal thing, like, if they had season tickets, said, hey, let me, like, give you – use my season t- ticket discount. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Like people were super open, interested, and asking questions, and yeah, they were eating it up. We we saw um, some Oilers fans like at three or four different arenas. They were like following the Oilers, and they like stopped us like in like Calgary, and then stopped us in Florida and Tampa, and like like hey, we saw you guys on the jumbotron like the other night, like so and so arena, you know. So that was pretty cool, just being like picked out of the crowd. And, hey, you guys are the guys doing the thirty-one and thirty-one. That's so cool, man. How about that? I tell you guys not to waste any days. Matt and Tim literally didn't waste a day in 31 straight days. It still, it, I still, I tell people about the story when I think about it, and it still doesn't hit home for me. I just, it doesn't make any sense. Just those 14 hour drives alone, I'd be done. I'd be done. Man, what a story. Thank you, Matt, for sharing that extremely extremely cool and i feel like he was kind of just downplaying the whole thing you know i don't think he realizes yet what he's done and what he's accomplished and i mean that when i tell about that documentary because i believe that that documentary can can kill it i think he can really monetize this documentary here let's get to this week's quote of the week it was of course kobe bryant's birthday and then 824 
of course, his two numbers, it's crazy. And I can't explain this to you, but I see 824 at least once a day. I look at the clock and it's 824 in the morning or 824 at night. Um, I saw a YouTube video that was 8 minutes and 24 seconds long. I've been seeing 824 a lot. The other, the other night, the Lakers were playing the Blazers. The score was 8-24. to 24. Uh, Just weird, weird stuff. Uh, I, I can't explain it. It was really, really strange things. But uh, so I figured with him, you know, his being, you know, being the week that, uh, you know, is kind of Kobe week, I figured I'd, he's got a crap load of extremely great quotes. But I like this one because it kind of tells you what he's done on the court and then off the court. We can take this uh, and reflect this uh, for our daily lives and uh, what we want to do in our life. And it's uh, you are responsible for how people remember you. So leave everything on the court. Leave the game better than you found it. And when it comes time for you to leave, leave like a legend. So that's the same with the way with life, right? So we leave everything day to day, our profession, our friends, with our families. You know, we try to do the best that we possibly can every single day. And so we leave it out there on the court. But in a lot of us, it's life. Uh, so then when you leave, you leave a legend and that's not leaving dying. I'm talking about, you know, just leaving a room. You kind of leave it. You want to make sure people say good things about you. All right. Now the product of the week, my product of the week, you know, it's so important nowadays. I think we're kind of all stressed out and, uh, you know, what's happening in the news every single day and it's crazy. And a lot of us are losing a lot of sleep, right? We can't really sleep at nights throughout the night. I haven't had a really good sleep in a long time. You know, you kind of wake up in the middle of the morning, you toss, you turn a little bit. What I've done and what I found, and by the way, I'm going to do a podcast about it. I'm going to do an Instagram video about it. So look out for that. That's at Mike Pod on Instagram. I've, I've figured some things out as to how to get a really, really good night's sleep. And uh, there's, there's things that you can do, but there's one supplement that I have taken in the past, and I still do when I think that I'm not going to be able to sleep very well. It's called GABA, G-A-B-A. You can find it on Amazon. Uh, If you need the right one, just shoot me a DM. I can link you. It's a natural product, and it's not anything that's going to damage you in any way. But I've taken it. I've done... uh, It's it's $11 on Amazon. So it's an amino acid. So... Uh, it's not it's not a drug it's not a it's not necessarily a bad supplement for you where you're going to get bad side effects that night or later or have any bad dreams i sleep really well when i take this gaba g a b a and on next week's show i'm actually having a friend it's crazy man i uh it's a it's my actually my brother's friend we were having a barbecue last week and we were just talking and we were talking about these cbd gummies and he said that if without them, I would have killed myself. Uh, you know, it's kind of a figure of speech, but I got into it. And he says, yeah, I had, you know, I had an issue. And I said, what are you talking about? He had leukemia. And from the medication, he had side effects. And his side effects, one of them, the major one, was that he wanted to literally kill himself and commit suicide. And he wanted to do it one night when he was at Dodger Stadium. So that's coming out next week. And uh, we're going to get into how he got out of it and how he got in it. And uh, the medication, I don't take medication. Medication is not a, uh, I know what you're thinking. You just told me about GABA pill. It's not real medication. It's not like you know something that, this is over-the-counter stuff. This isn't stuff that you have to get a prescription for. Medication might take care of your issue right now, but in 10, 20, 30 years, you might need to take 
50 pills to take care of all of the side effects that that one medication that you were taking back in the day and that it's now affecting other things in your body parts. So, uh, and then all the suicide rates, how, how they have risen, of course, it's got a lot to do with what's happening today and, you know, being quarantined, but that has to do a lot with medication too. Nobody talks about that, you know, so that medication really triggers the mind and the body. So uh, if you can, I'd stay away from it. By the way, I'm not affiliated by anybody. I, I, GABA doesn't, uh, you know, pay me to do any of that stuff. Uh, so if, if you want me to promote your product, I'm available. And of course, if you enjoyed the show, first off, thank you for listening. Thank you for making me a part of your day. It really means a lot. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. I am Mike Gabriel. This was Mike the Pod. Until next time, folks, no wasted days. Let's go.